You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. I suppose anybody who has um, ever been sick uh, knows, and that means, you know, like anything from a cold to something more serious, uh, knows that how we feel on the inside often directly impacts what we do on the outside. That's a truism of the human experience, but it is equally true that what we do on the outside can very often impact how we feel on the inside, how we think, what our emotions are, what we intuit. That is one of the great insights I uh, have gleaned from a not particularly exceptional book that I've been reading, uh, but it's fun summer reading, so if you want to read it, I'll commend it to you as, you know, just like a fun little romp. Uh, it's a book called The Year of Living Biblically. The Year of Living Biblically. Have any of you read this book? Good, okay, oh, okay. one person has, okay, so uh, you, okay. a couple people have. So, uh, so The Year of Living Biblically is written by um, a, uh, a, an author named A.J. Jacobs who writes for the magazine Esquire, and he is... He's sort of like a fluff journalist as a, as a profession. He writes like entertainment journalism and that sort of thing. And he has uh, been one of the pioneers of a kind of new field of journalism uh, called immersion journalism, uh, which is uh, that he takes on a project, you know, some kind of major thing uh, in his life, uh, and then journals about it, then writes about it afterwards, right? So his first book in that vein was a book called The Know-It-All, uh, in which he uh, tried to read the entire encyclopedia cover to cover, and to see how that would impact his life, if you read the entire encyclopedia cover to cover. Uh, and so this was his second, he wrote a book most more recently, uh, for what it's worth, um, about uh, about health and fitness, and he tried to become the most fit person in America, trying to like assimilate all of the very many uh, massive uh, Im- amounts of information we get about uh, health and fitness in this country. So that's, uh, that's his most recent book. But this book is The Year of Living Biblically, and the premise of it is that um, one person who is uh, not himself religious, but curious about uh, the impact that religion has on religious people, um, is going to take one year of his life and try to follow all of the Bible's rules as literally as possible try to follow all of the Bible's rules as literally as possible. So that means everything from not eating shellfish to literally binding words of uh, the Bible onto your forehead and your forearm, what we know as tefillin, although he does uh, experiment with tefillin too, um, to blow the trumpet at the new moon, um, which uh, the Bible says to do. Um, everything from those sort of uh, you know ritualistic issues uh, to the, the moral commands of... Uh, 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 refraining from lying and you know, any range of uh, other things, and uh, everything from those to stoning adulterers, which he tries to do at a certain point in the book. So he tries to follow the Bible as literally as possible. And one of the insights that he uh, s- that he offers from this experience of living the Bible as literally as possible um, may not surprise a lot of the people in this room, but. Um, was very powerful for me to hear and affirming in some ways for me to hear. So a lot of people um, 
end up not living uh, religious lives, religious defined uh, the way most people define religion, which is to say um, ascribing themselves um, to a particular religious, uh, um, established religious organization with a set of uh, um, uh, established practices, beliefs, uh, etc. Right? And so people in our culture, um, in a highly rational culture, a culture uh, that, uh, that, that has long ago, um, if not challenged the notion of God, has uh, in many circles um, outright rejected the notion of God as a, uh, a, a logical fallacy, a, a, uh, uh, something that, that uh, defies uh, reason. And so in that culture, in that climate, there's a growing number of people who are um, not religious, right? They, someone, a demographer asks them, what, religious, what religion are you? They, they say none. And the connection is very close between those two things. If I don't believe in a God um, because reason dictates that it's kind of absurd to believe in God, then why would I follow the rules of a religion that purports to be the word and will of a God that I don't believe exists? Right? That's basically the premise, the give and take, that, uh, most, that many people in our culture ascribe to. And that was the author's premise. Right? He, he actually is a, uh, born as a Jew. His wife is also Jewish. Uh, but he um, is one of these people that, uh, in the demographic studies, would have been called a Jew of no religion. Right? So he's Jew by birth, Jew by bagel, but, uh, but not Jew by practice, not Jew by uh, religious affiliation, religious practice. Um, and so that was the premise that he operated under. He's a highly rational person, highly reasonable person. Um, God must not exist, therefore why follow these laws and rules that purport to be the word and will of God? So here was the insight that he gleaned from a year of living the Bible as literally as possible. Which is that sometimes what we do on the outside impacts how we are on the inside. The experience of living the Bible's rules on a regimented basis opened him up to an aspect of reality that he had long ago shunted off as beyond reason and beyond logic. He didn't necessarily come out of the experience believing in God. But he certainly came out of the experience more aware of the world around him. More attuned to the, deep, the deepness of the ethical responsibilities he had. More grateful of all of the many blessings that he enjoyed in his life. And there's a direct correlation, he said, between observing the rules of the Bible and adopting the regimented life that is advocated uh, for somebody to follow the rules of the Bible. There's a direct relationship between that and how we experience and encounter the world. You might even say how we get faith. So it may not be that our ancestors in the time before the Enlightenment did the equation as, I believe in God and therefore I'm going to follow God's commandments. It may very well be that our ancestors took as a premise, I'm going to live by these commandments and through the observance of the commandments came to an awareness and appreciation of that which many of us refer to God. 
an awareness of the majesty of being, an awareness of the many blessings and miracles that are involved in each and every moment of each and every day of our lives. The great miracle of the fact that we are just here. The interconnectedness of all being. And you can look at many of the commandments in the Torah, many of the practices that we still fairly literally follow in the Jewish tradition today on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, and you can see how they translate to that kind of awareness. From putting on tefillin, which is binding words of wisdom to our arms and between our eyes so that we always are conscious and cognizant of the responsibilities that we have in life, to the responsibility we have, in, uh, according to the Torah, to pray three times a day, which is three times each and every day, to expre express our awe at the grandeur of all reality, to express our gratitude at the miracle of being, to express our sense of need and want because we are imperfect people living uh, with sometimes unfulfilled lives. To Shabbat, which gives us an opportunity to step back from materiality and realize the aspects of our life and the aspects of our world that can't be touched but are nevertheless important, maybe even more important than that which we can put in our pocket, that which we can put in our garage. One can see a linear relationship between the commandments in the Torah and the cultivation of a worldview that many people refer to as faith, and many people refer to as belief in God. And so what I want to offer is that for those of us in this room who struggle with faith, who struggle with the idea of God, why not flip the equation on its head? Try for a period of time to adopt some of the regimented practices, the moral rules, the obligations, responsibilities that are contained in this core that we call the Jewish tradition. And see if through the process of living that kind of life, even for a short period of time, you don't come out of it more aware, more sensitive, more grateful, and dare I say more faithful. Rabbi Nachman of Bratslav, a great Hasidic master, put it this way. He says, Ikar kiyum ha hu rak al habrit. The essence of upholding faith comes only through fulfilling the covenant. The essence of upholding faith comes only through fulfilling the covenant. Often we see that equation the other way around that we observe the covenant because of the essence of our faith. And Rabbi Nachman of Bratislav says no. The action precedes the belief. The existence precedes the essence. There's another way that I want to offer to understand Rabbi Nachman's statement. Because faith is nothing if it's not the ability to live our lives free of fear, to be able to take risks, to be bold in our lives when many people, without a sense that things uh, might be better, that there is a, a force, a presence in our lives, in our world that can sustain and support and nurture us, that we 
live with timidity, with a sense of self-centeredness, because we only want to make sure that what we have is ours. And faith is the opportunity to feel like you are held no matter what. And so read Rabbi Nachman's statement this way also. The essence of upholding faith comes only through the fulfillment of the covenant. The covenant is relationship. The essence of the covenant between God and Jewish people is the relationship between God and the Jewish people. And so the first commandment, or the first statement rather I should say, that God gives to a human being, gives about a human being in the Bible, very early, book of Genesis stuff, very first statement God makes about a human being in the Bible is lo tov heyot adam levado. It is not good for a person to be alone. That's the first insight God has about us and then goes on to give this as the most frequently repeated commandment in the Bible. Chazak ve'ematz. Be strong and courageous. And these two things are not separate from one another. Because with the opportunity to be in relationship with other people, with the opportunity to form partnerships and union and have companionship, we are able to be strong and courageous. We're able to take more risks in our lives because we know that our hands will be held, that our feet will be supported, and that we'll always have loving arms to fall back on.